talking Philly sports. We start briefly with the Birds. Yes, uh, they they yes. beat the Browns. Yeah, you know, yeah, reserve game, exhibition. <laughs> well, look, a good outing from Gardner Minshew. Yeah, very efficient. Yeah. Very efficient. It's good, good that your backup is capable. Exactly. You know, that's what you want. Shades of Foles. Shades of Jeff Garcia, actually. <laughs> Garcia, He yes. reminds me of Garcia. Yes. But I could see him being I, that type of guy. I say Foles because it's like, it's good to have... A, a backup that could come in they could come and in a win play. a game if, yeah. if need be. Especially without like the schedule is maybe you need to come in and beat a team like a team like Detroit. Not that he would in week one, but right. you have teams like that throughout your year where if Jalen has a hamstring issue or he tweaks an ankle or hey, yeah. maybe he just gets knocked around in the head one week. You know, you what never I mean? know. Whatever it could be. Yeah. Um, there was also some, uh, uh, some good performances out of Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell. Very much so, yeah. They look We're, good. We look good at your running back, and we've been talking about this for a while. You know, sometimes I question these writers that are down there training camp. Yeah. All I'm hearing all month is about how bad Gainwell looks, how bad Minshew looks. Minshew looks good in the games. Well, yeah. And and Gainwell had that one first down where he broke multiple tackles. I mean, it was like a, an impressive run for a first yeah. down. I think those guys, like, specifically Minshew and Gainwell. Some guys just aren't practice players. That may be the case. Some guys need the game. I think Minshew's like a gamer type of guy. Like He needs the pressure of real action to fully perform at his highest potential. I don't think practice... Some guys are like that. And I heard this said on the radio by Jason Avant this week, actually. Okay. And I took note, like, wow, I never thought about that. That's true. Yeah, because you hear guys like ESP, like you said, Elliot yeah. Shore Parks comes on and he talks about how bad this practice was for this player, how bad it was for this player. Yeah, he's in and Miami then, right now too. Right, and then you see the game, and you just, that doesn't show up at right, all. Right. I, I'm not seeing that. Yeah, you know, preseason exhibition, it's more useless than ever. I get that. However, I, I do agree with well, what you well, had told me before. I mean, it is important to fill your roster out and know what these guys can do. And these guys are fighting. They so are fighting. It, it, it's it's kind of fun to watch a little bit of these meaningless snaps because for them, it ain't so It's everything. It's everything. Because a lot of these guys are, are going to need to use that tape and their agent's going to have to pitch them for practice squads. Absolutely. Or whatever. Now, we say that and then a few names come up and one in particular, Dion Kane. Good he, young guy, man. Good young player. He looked tremendous. Yeah. He's been on multiple teams and practice squads. He actually started out with Nick Sirianni in Indy. I like that. Tours ACL. Oh, wow. And then he was done. He ended up on the Steelers, and then he ended up on multiple practice squads. I think he was on the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, and then he ended up with us last year. Um, this kid, I, I don't know much about him besides that. Well, you could stash him on the practice squad. Yes, but... You know. When you see him catch everything thrown to him, yeah, I look at it like it's that kind of performance I needed to see that could help push Rager out the door. Well, he first off, Kane, I agree, but he's not facing CB1s. No, he's not. Or CB2s. In some cases, he's not even facing CB3s. I get it. He's but... facing four, five, six, not going to make the team, guys. So It's tough. 
It's so, tough. so still, Deion Kane in your eyes doesn't make the team. He's a practice squatter. I think you only need to keep four wide receivers, and you use the extra spot where maybe you need it more, like in the secondary for more safety and cornerback depth, taking a flyer on somebody because you're not. If Bradbury mm. or Slay goes down, what are you doing? I don't know. Well, what are you doing? Listen, another guy who I who was on second on my list outside of Deion Kane is Josh Job. I like him. He was everywhere on the field. Kid played at Alabama. He, he's a national champion. Right. I look at guys like Kerry uh, Vincent Jr. as as guys that are getting cut. Yeah, a lot. I, there's a lot of names that are getting cut. He stinks. But he, it, he, he multiple plays he gave up. Yeah. Uh, in that game. Yeah. I, I look at a guy like Josh Job. Like you know, he gave up a couple plays here and there, but he also made some plays. I, and he yeah. was Everywhere on the field. I would rather keep a guy like Job on the roster and keep four receivers. You really only need to go Brown, Smith, Watkins, Pascal. That's really all you need to I do. I get that. Because you have Dallas Goddard, so you have two 1A receivers. So, so really, you have five exactly. receivers. Exactly. And right. use that spot where you need depth. We don't really need wide receiver depth because all these guys no. are solid. And by the way, I always hear these guys talk about Richard Rodgers and how he's, well, Richard Rodgers is going to make the team. He'll be on the practice. Richard Rodgers catches everything. He's always caught He's always everything. open. He just and sticks he his hand everything. out and it just sticks to his hand. It's amazing. It's un- uncanny. Why doesn't he make the team? Well, you have some young tight ends. On the is, roster, are they, right? are they uh, is is Richard Rodgers not better than some of these other guys? He's more trustworthy. He's a guy that can run with ones. That's what because I'm saying. Because he's a veteran. He's been doing it for years. He's been doing it for years with guys like Aaron Rodgers. Right, right. Um, once again, the outstanding performance of the game went to rookie Cam Jurgens. Yeah, I mean, oh, this, this guy is what a pick. He's an absolute piece. What a pick. He had holes on every snap. He's going to get um, regular season action when they bring in an extra lineman this year. I, listen, I almost goal line. I I and I, I want to hear what our what our guest on the vet line, Joe Giglio. We got Joe tonight, man. I want to I want to know what he thinks about this. It could could this kid take Isaac Sayamalu's job? Reasonably speaking, yes. I, 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 that's what I'm. I saying. mean, he, he's a blue chip player. Sayamalu was a six round pick, right? Right. So, yes. You know, but Sayamalu has the advantage of. Experience. He's yeah. one of the few remaining guys from the Super Bowl team. Yeah, he's been there. He's been around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he a, he's a, he's a mainstay on people this offensive line. That, by the way, right? And people also forget. People also forget that this team has had the same offensive line coach for a long time. Yep, and I that's agree. why your offensive line is elite. It it, it really they're is. Prob- they, they probably are the top group in the conference. Our second line. Could be, they could start. They could start for another team. They could start. Absolutely. Jacksonville. They could start for the Jaguars. They yes. could start for the Lions. I agree. They, and they would be good. I, I think they would be good. Some of I those guys. Tell you, we got it's, we got some yeah, really good guys. Only issue on this squad, really, in my opinion, is a little bit of cornerback depth and, and safety. Safety. And the secondary truly is the only issue. But you really are strong with your starting corners. I agree with strong that. there. Now they made some cuts to get down to eighty. Uh, nobody I thought would make the roster was cut yet. Um, yeah, but same. you know when they go from eighty to fifty three, I expect we'll see a couple surprises. There's always guys that get cut that you, you're sad to see go. Right, like like Devin Allen, he made that great touchdown catch. What a run! Yeah, I, I yeah. think he'll be gone. It's impressive, but you know, again, I, I was listening to uh, I, forget, I think it was Ike was talking about how some of these guys they, they're 
the speed doesn't matter when he can't get off of press coverage. And he couldn't. Because that 4 Devin two, Allen could not. Yeah, that 4 2 four, three becomes a 4-7 then. Yes. And then those guys, with their perfect technique, yeah. you're not getting open. He blew that's why by Rager guys. Can't, that's why Rager can't play with ones. Exactly. That reason. Devin Allen blew by guys in that specific package, yes. but he would, he, it never happened again. He was yeah. on the field. Yeah. It never happened again. He didn't Someone will take a flyer open. on him, uh, though. Someone will pick him up. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I think if, if Britton Covey, everyone loves him. I think if he makes a team, it'll be on special teams. I saw no explosiveness at all yeah, me on on the offense. I'm a little concerned about special teams. To be honest, I don't even think that's a lock. I mean, Jake Elliott. Jake Elliott's the only good special teamer you have. Oh, you're saying at the special teams unit as a whole. As a whole. As a whole right? Oh, wow. That's what, probably the weakest unit on the on the squad. Maybe. If, think about I mean, it. Think if, about it. Returns, if Rager's your return, return man, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got an issue. Well, still. Boston Scott should be your punt returner, and I don't or know Gainwell. why. I don't know why this is even a question. I don't. I don't know why either. Boston Scott's the most sure-handed punt returner you have. Why couldn't Devin Allen be the guy? I mean, why don't you Here's use the thing, there? Tech. I'll be honest with you, man. I hate when we have a good squad, but then when they bring in the punt unit and then we the defense forces a three and out, and you got this young punt returner back there, yep. and they muff it, and then you're <laughs> down 7 nothing early. I don't want a young, inexperienced punt returner. I want a guy I we know either. can just catch the ball. I agree. Just catch the ball. Yes. Even Rager muffed a couple last year. Yeah, he did. Uh, apparently, Kenyon Drake was informed by the Raiders he's going to be released. Uh, if training for a guy like Kareem Hunt or, or Josh Jacobs isn't in the cards for right. the Birds, would you sign Kenyon Drake? Drake is a smart signing. You think so? He, he's big and he catches the ball. I mean, he's he's still relatively young, but he's got a lot of mileage on him. He's but he's never injuries. really had a true opportunity to like fully show what he can do because in Miami... You really got to take that with a grain of salt, but he had some yeah. great games with the Dolphins early in his career. He, he had some explosive games with the Dolphins he, he actually, when they were when they were terrible. He had some decent games with Arizona too. He I, did. Yeah, so. I think Drake is a solid signing. You can get him at a value, and he automatically upgrades your running back room. Yeah, in my opinion. All right, we'll talk more birds with our guy Joe Giglio from ninety four WIP on the vet line. But first. Brought to you by ProLine Music and Fairless Hills Academy of Music. It's time for Vet Fact. This is a Vet Fact. Well, Tech, the magical year of 1980 brought the Phillies, the Cardiac Kids as they were known. Yep. Their first World Series championship in team history. Fantastic. Which is absolutely fantastic. And at that point in August 20, on August 24th of 1980, 37,000 fans packed the vet to watch the Phils pretty much easily dismiss the San Francisco Giants 7-1. Yes. You'd be surprised to know that the current Phillies team this year has a better record than the 1980 team at this point in the season. Wow. This brought the 1980 team's mark <laughs> to 65 and 56. Numbers don't lie. Now, there's no right. there's no number segment this week, so this is a substitute. Yes. However, the Phillies this year are like a game ahead of this pace. Um, just thought I'd put that out there. Anyway, That's they a get a four-run third inning, and some great Phillies names contributed in this one. Pete Rose goes three for five with two ribbies. Schmitty goes one for three with two ribbies. Jack in his 35th of the year, driving Ooh. in his 90-something, his 93rd run of the year, driven wow. in on the night. And the Phil's got a complete game gem from Dick Ruthven. <laughs> okay. Nine innings, seven hits, one run, one walk, only two Ks, but very workmanlike performance for the eventual World Series champions. And it's important to note, this is very interesting to me. This game was played under protest by the Giants because they disagreed with a call at first base early in the game. Wow. Where the runner apparently came off the bag for the Phils, but the umpire had called time. So even though he was tagged <laughs> and off the bag, the umpire called him safe. 
and the Giants played the whole game under protest, which has only happened like a small amount of times in MLB history. Wow. August 24th, 1980, Phils beat the Giants 7-1 on their way to a World Series ring. Woo! Speaking of the Phils, Prem, uh, the city was deflated after the Mets took three or four over the weekend. But what was even more embarrassing uh, to me was on, on Sunday, Mets fans appeared to take over Citizens Bank Park, and it turned into what what sounded like a Mets home game on the radio. Well, let's talk about it because I was there. You were there. I was on the. What did you see? I was on the Mets dugout side first bowl. Okay. Obviously, a lot of Mets fans, but you know this dates back for years. I mean, and we we fill their stadium too. I went to Mets Phillies in New York this year. A lot of red. Okay. It's, and, and, and not only that, fans travel more when the team wins. So, so because on the radio broadcast, it really sounded like when the Mets hit a home run, it sounded like you were at, at City Field. Well, you know how it well, goes when you're on the road and you're cheering a team on. You're, you're a little more juiced up okay. than, than the home team might be. Well, it's, this sentiment is going around right now. Would you say this is a little overblown? Absolutely. I mean, okay. the, the Mets are an elite team this year. They have your number. You've, you've beat them five out of 18 tries or whatever it is. But the Phillies have beaten every other contending NL team in a series and actually in their buildings, which is important, <laughs> which is important because the two places that you might have to go, St. Louis and Atlanta, you already won series there. Yes. This is nothing new. These guys are going to go there confident, especially because they're in a playoff. So you get automatic confidence just that you're in the postseason. And Harper's back, and it's important to note he hit a jack last night in his very first to bat with the iron pick. <laughs> that is tremendous, by the way. A blast. A blast. And he was laughing as he went around the base. Yeah, yeah, because I saw him in the lineup, and I, I chuckled just seeing the lineup. Yes. Kingery was in that lineup. Isn't that funny? And, uh, Camargo. Yeah, right, right, uh, right. Now, look, I personally attribute Sunday's loss to Rob Thompson. Coonrod was available, and he decided with a one-run lead, when you have a chance to get the series split, right. to bring in a guy who's making his major league debut. It was something that should never happen. I was befuddled, and I looked at my dad, and I was breaking it down for my dad, and I said to him, I said, as much as Girardi didn't do a great job here, he never made one decision that bad. No. That's the worst decision. That's the worst decision. That, that he's Girard- made some bonehead decisions. That one that was, was the, worst. the biggest bonehead because, decision. Because, look, it's 9-8. to eight, There's two outs, and Roberts is on the mound. Sure, yeah. he just blew the save. I get it. But if all you got to do is just get one more out, and you just got to get one run, the force That's extras. It. And guess what? They got the run, but it didn't matter because he put this rookie in who gives up a double and, and uh, a single or whatever. Another run comes around. Yep. And now you're down 10-8, to eight, and you still, still— Almost tied the game. They showed a lot of fight, a lot of grit. Sometimes you're going to lose games against great teams, ten to nine. It's going to happen. I mean, the Mets are a superior team. They're up a superior and down. club. They so are. I mean, this is just what it is. It's just what it is. And the Phils are the second tier of NL teams. And going into the season, if you would have said, "Hey, they're on track to win 90, 91 games, and they're going to be in the playoffs," I'd have been like, "Sign me up." I don't care how you get to that. Just right. sign me up for that because ten years. Since we saw a playoff the game. drought. I don't care if they get swept in the first round, Tech. I just want to see playoff baseball. I, hear you. I just want to see it because next year they go in knowing, all right, we got this. Guys like Alec Bohm certainly deserve to get some postseason experience. Bohm is going to be on this club for a long time. Yeah, he deserves to see. You he know, does. the playoffs, to get he, there yeah. and, and get some experience under his belt. He's I mean, a legit a, a homegrown player. Bryson Stott, legit homegrown Stott, player. Yes. And I know you're not a big Nick Maton guy, but the kid's hitting 330 out the shoot. I get it. Yeah, now, 30, 30 plus at bats, three thirty average. Not a large number. I actually like this Stubbs kid too. To Stubbs be honest, Stubbs awesome man. I like Stubbs. Stubbs. Stubbs he he's a workman like guy, and he's smaller. And I could relate because right. I was like the smaller kid on my baseball team. Yes, I always had to play a little harder to show the bigger <laughs> yeah. kids that I was good. Right, Stubbs has that edge, and he still hits bombs too. 
So now, of course, they have the Reds, the Pirates, the Diamondbacks, three terrible teams. Um, they should win these series, should they not? Yeah, you got it. Minimum seven out of the next ten. I expect. Yeah. I expect eight out of ten. You're not going to sweep everybody. You're no. not going to win every game. I expect them to win three or four versus the Reds. Yep. At least two of three versus the next yep. two clubs, and then you're seven out of ten right there. Absolutely. And but I expect a sweep in one of those series. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. What are you going to do? You got to beat these guys. These, right. These are just. Uh, these are bad teams. These are bad baseball Absolutely. teams. And, and Absolutely. And really, they're teams that have given up. I mean, let's just be honest. These Pretty teams much. have given up. And they're, they're young guys that are just they've, trying to make a name. They've tapped out. you got to yeah. beat these teams. You have to. They're on your you schedule, and you're on your way to the postseason. And yeah, you're a game and a half up on the Brewers, but the Brewers right. did actually just surprise me and shut the Dodgers out. Right. The Brewers, if they can do anything, the Brewers can pitch. That's it, though. They can't hit. Prem, I know you're fully on board with this Phillies team. You're they're, fully they're gonna, on board. And there's a really, honestly, Tech, it isn't as much of the fact that they're they're having a great second half because they are. It's just the fact that you only have seven teams vying for six spots. I get and it. And the Brewers are the seventh team. So it's like it's almost like by default, in a sense, I with get the way it. the schedule looks, you're just going to back in. Even if, even if you go 500 down the stretch and win 88 games, you're probably still going to get in anyway. I, um, I, I think they're a good team. Are they good enough? I don't think so. But... Getting into the playoffs would be huge. It's a big step for this team. Big step, and they got the pitching to compete in the playoffs, man. They do. You're giving me Willer Nola Suarez. I like that against anybody. I just I, hear you. In the, I just like it. You know, not to say that Nola maybe won't have a terrible game. It could happen. Not to say Willer might not have his best up short. But I like our odds. Okay. In a three game set in St. Louis or Atlanta, Willer Nola Suarez. I just like it. I think that's a three game series, no matter what. I think it goes three games, no matter what. I don't think we sweep. I don't think they sweep. And it could be a heartbreaking loss, but it's still a step in the right direction. We I haven't had postseason ball since 2012. This is very true. That's all I got. All right. <laughs> we'll hit the vet line with Joe Giglio from 94 WIP next. Pro line music. Pro line music. Located at 490 Lincoln Highway in Fairless Hills, PA. Pro-Line Music. Everything for the musician. Carrying all major brands. You find a better price, we'll beat it. Offering lessons in person or virtual. On-site repair service center. Rentals. Recording studio. Pro-Line Music. Call 215-736-8055. One more time. 215-736-8055. Yes, sir. Pro-Line Music. Pro-Line Music. Everything for the musician. Vet Alumni. And now, it's the Vet Line. Why don't you answer your phone? Joined now on the Vet Line by Joe Giglio, 94 WIP evening host. You can hear him from 6 to 10 most weeknights if the Phils are not playing. Joe, thanks for joining us once again. You got it, guys. Happy to be back and, uh, and excited to talk some birds here. Likewise, uh, let's get right to the birds. The season's approaching. Detroit Lions have a head coach that likes to do up and downs with them on the field. <laughs> They're believing in themselves. They see the cameras around the facility. They want to uh, win. Yeah. Is there any chance that the Eagles come out and, and kind of get punched in the mouth early? Or is this a 10-plus point win? Yeah, I do think there's a chance um, that it's – well, I'll, I'll say it this way. I think it's more. Di- it's going to be much more difficult to win that game than it was last year. Yes, yes. Kind of – I mean that was that game was over in, in ten minutes last year, and, and I actually I actually think the Lions. Now I, I do believe the Eagles will win the game, but I, I think it'll be a challenge in Week One. 
Detroit, um, you know, for as bad as they were last year, and Dan Campbell's kind of a punchline, though I, I think he's kind of fun. He but is. The, yeah. the one thing, the one thing about them last year, like they covered a lot of games. They they kept playing. They were in a lot of games. They lost a lot of three point games, six point games. You know, maybe they were underdogs by ten and they lost by seven. So yeah. the Eagles game was kind of an outlier. They didn't have many. I think there was like two or three. They got the doors blown off them last year. So I do think road game, first game of the year. Lions, you know, I'm sure all summer it's Campbell's telling them like they came in here last year and embarrassed us. I, I think it'll be a close game, but I, I'd imagine the Eagles will uh, will pull away in the second half. Yeah, that's kind of what I think. Uh, but I do like taking the bet plus whatever with Detroit. I, I like that. I mean, if it's like plus nine or ten. I don't think it is, though. I haven't looked at the line yet, but um, got to win that game. There's no excuse. You come back week two, you got Minnesota, and Cousins always plays us tough. Yeah. Um, there's no guarantee that you beat the Vikings. Um, so, Joe, are you more excited about the offense or the defense, and why? So, it's the offense, um, because I just, I, I think there's, and not that I'm not excited about the defense, but th- there's just... There's a potential. I, I Guys, I think they're going to be a top 10 offense in the NFL. I, I, I really do. So I, I look at what they did last year, and I know we have some bad memories, right, the way the season ended, how bad the offense was in Tampa. Second half of the season, they kind of grinded it out more than threw the ball. And and I think a lot of the feeling is like, yeah, it wasn't really good offense last year. But when you go back and kind of look at the whole season, the numbers across the season, you know, they were 12th in points per game. You know, they had, you know, so you look at yards per play, which I, I think is a good metric in terms of like, you know, that's kind of like how you're moving the ball consistently. And and they were the same yards per play as the as the Cincinnati Bengals during the season. Like the Eagles had a decent offense last year. Now it was growing pains. There were some weeks it what it was kind of choppy, some weeks it was better. But overall, I would say it was a decent offense last year. And now you take that decent offense they had last year, you add AJ Brown, who I believe is a top ten wide receiver in the NFL. Yes. You have more depth on the offensive line. A guy like Cam Jurgens, in case there's an injury, can fill in. And obviously, we, we already see, could see that he could play a little bit. And and I believe Jalen Hurts, in his second year as a starter, is going to get better. He's going to go from – and I'll just say, I think last year, I'm a big Hurts guy. I think yeah. it's probably fair to say he was about the 20th best quarterback in the NFL last year, somewhere that's, that's, in that that's range. That's a fair assessment. Yeah, if yeah. he could jump to, let's say, somewhere in the 13, 14, 15 range, be a top half of the league quarterback, yep. I think this is a top 10 offense in the NFL. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. They're going to run the ball still, too. You know, so it's going to open up a lot down the field. Last year, you know, you you really didn't have that threat of a a guy like A.J. Brown. Now, defenses are going to have to respect the run, and A.J. Brown's going to be running behind them linebackers on those those patented slants that he runs. You're going to convert a lot more third and five, a lot more third and four. That's how I see it. Yeah. Uh, Joe, speaking of the running game, there's a lot of concerns over Miles Sanders' hamstring injury on top of a a feeling that he might not really be that good anyway. Uh, Would you make a trade for a guy like Kareem Hunt? I would, yeah. I I think Kareem Hunt could really come and help this team. And I don't think it necessarily has to be right now, guys. And I think they could go into the season and and see how this plays out, see how Miles looks, um, see what they get out of Gainwell in a second year. But, you know, I'll make the comp to, you know, go back to 2017. You know, you head into that season, and running back was a little bit of a concern in 2017. They signed signed LeGarrette Blunt, and then early in the season, Darren Sproles gets hurt. And then all of a sudden, Corey Clemens starts getting some carries in, you know, week three, I think it was that season. It's like, all right, it's kind of interesting. But then we got further into the year, and they were obviously a good team. 
and how he went out and made the trade for Jay Ajayi. And I, and I could see a scenario where Kareem Hunt is like this year's Jay Ajayi. You know, I think the Browns are headed for a pretty ugly season, you know, losing Watson for a big chunk of it. So if they get off to a tough start and they're three and six, this guy's a free agent. He wants out anyway, or he wants to do contracts. Excuse me. And he doesn't want to be there long term. I, I could see it. So whether it be, you know, tomorrow, whether it be in October, I, Kareem Hunt really would fit. I, I do think it's sometime between now and the trade deadline, they should add a running back. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Hope so. Flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, Hassan Reddick, he's had a relatively quiet camp in preseason. My hope is that uh, Jonathan Gannon doesn't drop him back into coverage all the time. Do you think Gannon will use Reddick effectively in his scheme? I think he will. I mean, look, Jonathan Gannon is very polarizing, and I, and I understand that the kind of defense he ran last year is not like a defense that Philadelphia is going to love. But I do think the guy is smart. I, I think there's a reason three, what, three teams, the Texans, Vikings, and, and Broncos want to interview him for a head coach. He never did interview mm-hmm. him. Like, the guy's not a dummy. There, there's a reason why he was coveted last offseason, why teams want him. I just think about what they had last year, and I don't think he had the horses. I, I just don't think right. he had the horses yeah. to play to play you know, meaningful defense. Like, he almost had to be so vanilla just so they can get through games. And I actually think the second half of the season last year, a lot of the focus on them running the football was, oh, Jalen Hurts is struggling. They don't believe in Jalen Hurts. I, I had a different view on it. Yes, Hurts needs to get better and, and needed to get better. But I thought they were running the football to keep their defense off the field in the second half of last year. Like, let's shorten this game. So I I, I have some hope that Gannon's going to turn out to be a good coordinator. And as far as Reddick goes and all the pieces he now has, I mean, there's no excuses other than safety. And, and you know, I think yeah. Epps is pretty good. So there's one – yeah, I have one worry spot. But – other than safety, this thing's loaded. I mean, I that, this defensive line rotation is as good as it's probably been since 2018, 2017, 2018, when they had Long and they had Michael Bennett and all those guys. I think it's as good as it's been since then. Um, Reddick, you know, he's a 10-sack guy. As long as they use him right, he'll get double-digit sacks, and I'm sure we'll talk about him. Guys, I can't wait to watch Jordan Davis. I, I just, oh. I think, <laughs> oh, I think, I think they added a special player that's going to make everyone better. They did, and can not only not only on the offensive or defensive side, but Cam Jurgens on the offensive side. Yeah, it's very rare you get two guys in the trenches on both sides of the ball in the draft in the same draft. Howie is making, in my opinion, he's making up for some of these terrible picks, like the Rager pick. <laughs> yeah. uh, but because you got to think about it too, you got Mylotta in the seventh round. Right. I mean. For all the detractors of Howie Roseman, this guy, again, has had a remarkable offseason, uh, comparable to 2017. The question is, what will the results be? Right. So, jo- Joe, that's my question. How many wins? Where does the season finish up? Yeah, so I have been 11 wins. I- I've been teetering in my mind to go to 12, but that's a yes. lot. I mean, that, that, yeah. that, is a, that is a lot. And um, I'm not sure yet if, if Jalen Hurts is ready week to week to be a 12-win quarterback. That's a lot. But I, I have been 11. I think they're going to win the NFC East. And, guys, I'll, I'll throw this at you. I'll give you, like, the best-case scenario. Because okay. I do think they're going to win the NFC East. And I'll say 11. It could be with 10. It could be 11. It could be 12. But I'll, I'll put them in the 11 range right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I was really thinking about this the other day. They have an opportunity. I mean, it's all got to come together. It's got to, you know, it's got to gel at the right time. But I really think that this there, there's a recipe this year for someone to, to kind of sneak in and, and take the top seed in the NFC. And let me tell you why I think that. So the Rams, I think it's hard to do what they did last year, two years in a row. They'll still be good, but probably a tiny step back. I agree. The 49ers, yeah. I like, but 
look, Trey Lance has played like what two games in three years. Yeah, he's going to yeah, have yeah. some growing pace. <laughs> they're not. A, they're so not a I contender think, to me. They're not a contender. Yeah, to me. like I think they'll be good and probably make the playoffs, but I don't know if they're going to go win thirteen games. the 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 Packers will be good and they'll win their division, but they've won thirteen games two years in a row. They're it's just they're going to come back a little bit. The Devontae Adams is gone, so maybe they're more like a 10-11 win team. And now the Tampa Bay situation. Their whole offensive line is banged up. Brady, I, this whole weird thing, it, does, it feels like maybe he doesn't really want to be there. He's like half retired, then he didn't. So I think they're a little tiny step back. I, it wouldn't shock me if someone like the Eagles or, you know, who pick a team, but like 12 wins, that could be the number one seed in the NFC. So yeah, yeah. if they have a big year, I, I think they have a chance to, uh, to, to be in January and do some big things. Wow. Yeah, I mean, speaking to your point about teams sneaking up on people, I think Carolina could be the surprise playoff team. Really? Yeah, I do. I think that Baker Mayfield is underestimated. I think that he didn't really uh, get a fair overall shake in Cleveland, but he still took him to the playoffs. He had an unbelievable offense. He had all these. He had Beckham and and, uh, Landry. Yeah, Beckham wasn't performing right, though. What did Beckham do with them? Well, I hear you. Anyway, I think that <laughs> I think Carolina could capitalize on the same things there, Joe. But we're worried about right. the birds. I got eleven wins as well. Tech, what do you got? Uh, we we know. I'm I'm a, I feel the same way, Joe. I teeter back and forth between eleven and twelve. They could they could win twelve, but it's safe it's safe to say that they could win eleven games on this schedule. Yeah, uh, you know yeah. that's where I see them, Joe. There's been a lot of talk about carrying more than four receivers. Uh, does Deion Kane, Devin Allen, or Britton Covey make this team? And if so, does that mean the end of Jalen Rager? So I, I think the only way one of those guys makes the team is if Rager's traded. And and look, I mean, Howie Roseman, since he's taken back over, and we talked about Howie a few minutes ago, and he's, you know, I think Howie at this point's kind of underrated in, in how, what he's done as an Eagles executive. But mm-hmm. since 2016, when he came back into power post-chip, I think he's made now like 14 trades but in the preseason, like between the preseason and, and and the first game of the year, like this is this is Howie time. Like the next two weeks, I'll be shocked if Howie Roseman doesn't make a trade. Like Likewise. he's going to make yeah. a trade. So <laughs> it's just a matter of who. Um, I mean, a Dillard trade wouldn't shock me, but I do think he's kind of important in case my goes down because you, you feel like you have a decent left tackle there. But but Rager's the one, right? Rager makes the most sense. Because he doesn't have a role here, but it actually costs the Eagles money on their cap to cut him. So yeah. it doesn't really make sense to cut him. You might as well just keep him as the fifth guy. But if they trade Rager, if they could find a trade partner for Rager, I actually think Deion Kane is the most interesting one to make the roster. I think you could sneak Covey onto the practice squad. Um, and you probably could sneak Devin Allen on as well. But, you know, Deion Kane, he has a connection to Sirianni. That's where he first yeah. got in the NFL. He was with them in Indianapolis. And we know Sirianni... He likes that connection. That's why Zach Pascal's here. Because you know, when you're a Sirianni guy, you're a Sirianni guy. So, <laughs> I, and I, I, I thought Kane made some nice plays in the in the preseason game against the Browns. So, I think Deion Kane, if 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 Rager's out, I would put Kane on. And I think they need more than four. I mean, I I, I think you got to go five on the uh, on the active roster on Sundays. I do too. Hmm. Actually, I, I think you could get away with four, but you know, at the same time, you're probably smart to have five. Why don't we see if Seattle wants Rager too? They took Arthega Whiteside. <laughs> oh, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, I, I, well, I know the Browns have issues with wide receiver. I, I wanted to leave him in Cleveland last week. You should have just left him there before you came home. Yeah, Cleveland's a good city for him. You know, the problem with Rager is he's just a little too emotional for Philly, I think, a little too sensitive. He needs to let somebody else handle his social media accounts. 
It's yeah. funny you mention that. So I was um, I was doing the pregame show here at WIP on Sunday before the Browns game, and and I was with Glenn Mack. Now we had uh, Jason Avantin as a guest. I was and, listening. Yeah, good one. Yeah, and and he said something similar, and, and he got to know him a little bit. So Avant, uh, I think twenty twenty, uh, he coached under in that on Doug's staff for that year. So that was the 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 rookie year for Hertz and Rager. So he got to know him a little bit, and yeah, he. He didn't have anything bad to say about his athleticism, and he said he keeps himself in good shape. Like he's, you know, he's he's not a complete bum, but right. it's it's what you guys are saying. Like it's it, he it's in his head. I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if Rager went somewhere else, maybe a different kind of city that's not as pressure packed, and and yeah. you know made a career out of himself. Could happen. I mean, hey, Aguilar did it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So you want to go Phil's Alligator tech? Arms. You going Phil's for a minute here? Uh, yeah, let's let's flip over to the Phil's just real for quick, a second, Joe. Um, Prem is all in on this team, and I mean all in. So well, me... all in meaning 90 wins in a playoffs roster. Right. A playoff spot is pretty obvious at this point. Uh, okay, yes. Uh, so let me ask you. They'll most likely be in the playoffs, like he said, breaking the drought. But how good is this team in all actuality, and how far can they really go? Yeah, I look. I would love if they could win a playoff series and get every. And because you know, the way that it works this year, unless you're one of the top four seeds, the f- first round, right? That three game first round, it's all on the road. So I, I would love for them to win a playoff series and then get to the divisional round, and then you know we get home games, at least a couple here in Philadelphia, and just bring playoff baseball back here. That would be amazing. But I am not as sold. Um, I agree they'll probably make the playoffs, though. I. So there's seven teams for six spots right now, exactly. you know, with the Brewers on the outside looking in. A good team's going to miss. I hope it's not the Phillies. I, I will say better than 50-50 chance. I think they're going to make it in. I, um, But I, I just think they're not ready yet. I'll say what they kind of remind me of. I said this last week. They kind of – I, I think they're a little bit like last year's Eagles in that they can make the playoffs. They right. can be in. Um, mm. But they're probably a year away. They yeah. probably need another good offseason – and then maybe they could compete with the Mets. And I we agree. could talk about next summer, like, oh, okay, now they could go deep in the playoffs. Or, or maybe we could dream of a World Series. I just think they're a year away. I know they've de- done decent against some of the good teams, like the Brewers and Cardinals. but Dodgers? I, sweep sweep yeah, the Dodgers, Dodgers, right? Which is crazy because the Dodgers are, are insane. I know. But I, I, I think they're going to make the playoffs mostly because they're going to go, like, what, 25, 30 games over 500 against the Nationals and the Reds and the right, Pirates and those right. teams. So it's great. I mean, we haven't seen the playoffs in 11 years, but I don't think they're going to go very far when they get in. Yeah, I, I think they have a shot. If they play St. Louis, you can we can beat the Cardinals in a three-game series with Will yeah. and Nola and Suarez. But then you're going to L.A., and that's where it ends. Yeah. Uh, Joe, speaking of, of being a year away, I like Rob Thompson, uh, other than that decision the other night to bring Ugh. in a kid making his major league debut in Awful. that spot. Awful. I mean, he, he really lost us that, that game. Was, that was the worst call that I've seen him make yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, but o- overall, I think he's been really good. The team seems to respond to him. How likely is it he'll be back as the manager next season? I mean, what would it take for that to happen? Yeah, I so if you had, like right now, I'd say he's back. Um, now, if they collapse, like if it's just like all these other September's last three or four years, I think it would be more open. I don't, I don't think he would get complete blame for it, especially if you know the Sir Anthony injury lingers or whatever, and they just they they kind of run out of gas. I don't think it'd be like oh get fire him because they missed the playoffs. But I think all of a sudden it would go from oh he's he's certainly the manager next year too. All right, let's have a process. Let's interview some guys, and then and then maybe you know someone could take the job from him. But if they make the playoffs, I think it's a lot guys. I mean, they were 22 and 29 with Girardi left. And for the most part, 
he's really done things well. I mean, I, yeah. I like the way yeah. he manages the bullpen the other day, uh, notwithstanding that was a, a bad. For the most part, he's managed it so much better than Joe Girardi did. He seems to have calmed the players down. And, you know, once in a while this happens. Like, I, it, it kind of reminds me, I think it was 2017, 2018, the Braves fired Freddie Gonzalez. And mm-hmm. Brian Snitker was their bench coach. And Snitker, you know, he was kind of like, he was around 60 years old, had never managed before, and he was just in the organization. They were like, you know, can you get us through the year? You Can you, can you just manage the rest of the year? And he, he did it. And they started playing better, and then they kept him. And look at Brian Snicker now. I mean, the guy's won a World Series last year. He's going to yeah. go to the playoffs four or five straight years. So once in a while, it's not a big name. Like I, I could see Rob Thompson being the Phillies version of Brian Snicker and sticking around here for a while. Yeah, I could see that too. I, I hope you're right on that, Joe. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So with the Phils, if they do get to the playoffs, would you rather Atlanta or St. Louis in that first round? Yeah, I'd rather St. Louis. Same, uh, I'm same. with you guys on that. Now, I, I mean, St. Louis has got some stars, right? Goldsmith and, yeah. and, uh, and Arenado. But I don't think they have like, – it's just Atlanta is so, so good with the starting pitching and with all those bats. And I think Atlanta has been in the Phillies' head, especially down in Atlanta. They just – they struggle there. They just struggle to win. And, um, yeah, I think the Phillies certainly have a much better chance against St. Louis. And – Three game series, you know, you get those, and the Phillies starters. I mean, at least they're top guys. Um, I think they're better than St. Louis's top guys, so they have the pitching advantage at least in the first couple games. So yeah, I w- I would rather take on St. Louis than the than the Braves. Yeah, I think so too. Hopefully that goes down, and we have some playoff baseball to get excited about. For our listeners, we've been on the line with Joe Giglio, ninety four WIP evening six to ten. Joe, we always appreciate your insight. You are a vet alumni member, yes, sir. And we look forward to speaking with you again. You got it, guys. Anytime, and uh, and uh, good luck with the podcast, as always. Thanks, guys. All right, Joe Giglio. Uh, listen, I'm glad we talked about the Phils, because uh, last night, the walk-off, Nick Maton hits the single. Yeah. You know, Bryson Stott with the big double, and then he, uh, he reached third on a throwing error. Love it, love it. I mean, because what almost bit you last night yeah. was... The injuries, Kniebel and Kniebel. Sir Anthony. I mean, yeah, it's clearly why it's clearly why you lost the game on Sunday to the Mets. Yes, because Sir Anthony is not blowing that game. Probably right, most likely. Yeah. So last night was key because you saw them fight again against a bad team, but nevertheless, you had to fight in the end of the game, and yes. they showed again that they can fight and score runs when they absolutely have to score runs. Did I love it that you almost went to extras with this Reds team? No. But it was simply because Sir Anthony's down, Knievel's done for the year, and you're seeing, you know, the uh, the uh, the Alvarado hand sandwich. That's oh, what you're seeing, man. You know, in Alvarado, he has been much better recently yeah. than he started, and Hand has been consistent pretty much the whole year. Yeah, really. I mean, I'm a, I'm a hand guy. I liked what I saw yeah. all year from Brad Hand. <laughs> Me too. Just for him to come in and, and almost blow the game. I'll tell you what that does, though. That gives you a little more cushion over the Brewers. And obviously now that, that springs you into the second wild card, at least temporarily, um, a half game above the Padres. Yeah, I mean, it was. Listen, it, it's going to go understated because it's it's the Cincinnati Reds here. But let me let me just say that was a big win. It was a big win. It was a big. You win. had to win that game because here's the thing: you go into the series saying, "All right, you take three or four. 
that's a that's a good series for the Phils. You expect yes. you expect them to be able to sweep, but in baseball we know that it's hard to sweep a major league team. I, I fully expect three or four. Three or four. Yeah. Now you're set up for that. You just got to split one of the next two, and Nola's going for one of those. So yep, I, I like it. I like it. You're going into the rest of this series with a good feeling. And you're going into the Pirates series over the weekend. You're going to have an even better feeling. And then guess what? You go to Arizona after that. <laughs> yeah, you, you finish, a team you, that's given up. You finish September, August rather with a, a real shot at 90 wins. I mean, right now as it stands, they just got to go 22 and 17 down the stretch. It um, seems and you win 90 games. feasible. It seems like they could accomplish this goal. They could go 25 and 14 and win 93 games, Tech. <laughs> Because the schedule is so terrible. It's, it's not even me saying that they're going to be amazing. It's just the schedule dictates that. No, if they that. win all the series they're supposed to win. They're going to win 92, 93 games. Right. It's crazy, but it's true. And uh, Kind of hard to believe. It is, but here we are. It was predicted on this show five months ago. Yes. And here we are. And here we are. And, and, and listen, let me also tell you, Bryce Harper, two home runs in his rehab assignment in Lehigh Valley. Back on Monday. Tremendous. And, he, and, and let me tell you, he's also in this lineup with Scott Carey. That's right. <laughs> and Rafael Marchand and, yeah. and Johan Camargo. Yeah, Camargo is good. He's just, I think he's just rehabbing that injury. It's been a long yeah, rehab yeah. stint, though. They have fam. a good problem now to fill. You have depth at a lot of positions except for center field. Bryce is going to come back hot. I can feel uh, it. Me too, man. I'm excited about the end of the year here coming up, and we're going to have playoff baseball to cheer about, whether it's Atlanta, whether it's St. Louis. Honestly, Tech, I don't really care. I just want to see playoff baseball. Same here. All right. Well, see you next week. Vet alumni. Nine, nine.